Hello everyone and welcome to the Enfcast where we talk about things that matter. I am your host Manur Kadir and in this episode I will be finally talking to you guys about the IPCC 6th assessment report. So stay tuned. and welcome to another episode of the Enfcast. Hope you all are doing well and keeping safe. Now today's episode has been requested by many of you I think since August so many of you have been suggesting this topic. So I have finally decided to do an episode on the IPCC 6th assessment report. Now I don't want like it is a lot of technical information and I don't want to bore you with it so I'll just keep everything really short um so let's get down to the nitty gritty of the IPCC now the IPCC is basically an intergovernmental body of the United Nations mandated for assessing the science related to the climate crisis it is created to provide policymakers with regular scientific assessments on climate change its risks implications as well as to put forward adaptation and mitigation options it also identifies areas of research. Now, I remember in university during my second year, I took this module on environmental policy and I was taught by one of the leading authors for the IPCC report. And I was so awestruck and inspired by her that since that day, I've basically vowed to make like this sort of an impact in the field of environment. But yeah, let's see where life goes. Um, (laughs) So now in August, the IPCC released the Climate Change 2021, the Physical Science Basis Report. And this has been prepared by the IPCC's Working Group 1 and is the first of the three installments of the sixth assessment report. It was prepared by 234 authors from 65 countries over three years collating current knowledge on climate change through the review of over 14,000 studies, which is pretty cool. It's a lot of information. And all of this basically highlights how robust objective these reports are. And it also shows that all of this is very traditional knowledge of science. It's all to do with expert. It's very expert-driven. Now, the report emphasizes on one thing it emphasizes on the anthropogenic aspect of climate change how everything the planet is going through is because of humans it talks about human inf- sorry it talks about how human influences have warmed the atmosphere ocean and land and basically suggests how climate change is rapid widespread and is intensifying unfortunately now some of the main findings are the decrease in arctic sea ice between 1979 to 1988 and 2010 to 2019 observed increases in well-mixed greenhouse gas concentrations since 1750 and the report highlights that this is caused by human activities It also finds out how the last four decades have been warmer than any decade that preceded it since 1850. 
It also talks about how emissions are the main driver of current global acidification of the surface open ocean. One of the biggest and the most imperative finding, also really sad, is on sea level rise. So it talks about how sea level rise has increased by 0.2 meters between 1901 and 2018. And it also emphasizes how sea levels will continue to rise even if we keep temperatures around 1.5 degrees Celsius by 2100. And if you look at the worst case scenario, we can still experience sea level rise. And that would be a multi-meter rise by 2150. So in both scenarios, sea level rise will continue to happen. It, it's just a point that we've you know exceeded and there's no going back from from it. Sea level rise will continue to happen no matter what we do, which is extremely unfortunate. Another finding is that climate zones have shifted poleward in both hemispheres. And I think there was also something about how there would be a really big volcanic eruption as well. So all of these findings are really dire and imperative. And I think how I would describe this report is, you know, yes, it is a wake-up call, but for me, it feels like a dystopian threat. So you know how you watch an action movie and anytime there's an apocalypse or a zombie attack, there's this loud siren, like a really loud warning. Yeah, so this report is kind of like that loud siren for us. Um, But I don't want you to feel the eco anxiety because of this report. There are a few good things out of this report. For example, it accounts methane emissions much more clearly than the preceding reports. It really focuses on reducing the emissions from methane gas, especially in the agriculture, oil and gas sectors. It also emphasizes that every fraction of an emission or degree counts. We cannot just focus on carbon dioxide and call it day. There are obviously other gases in the atmosphere like methane, sulfur dioxide, water vapor, which also have an impact on the environment. In addition to this, I also feel that there is much more certainty and clarity in this report when you compare it with the other ones especially when it comes to the term equilibrium climate sensitivity. Now, this term is basically, it kind of describes that range of warming that could be captured. No, sorry, sorry, let me go back. Um, So it kind of describes that range of warming that could occur if carbon dioxide was doubled and if that range can be captured. So in the previous reports, there was like a best estimate. So the range basically lie, uh, the range basically was between 1.5 degrees Celsius to 4.5 degrees Celsius. And it was the best estimate. But in this report, it's more clear and there's a more accurate figure that is 3 degrees Celsius. And this basically helps understand things better, especially in regards to what needs to be done and how net zero will work if you know this sort of equilibrium. And I think this is a vital finding because the report has been released just before COP26. And with this, I think, and I hope that we have a pretty busy and impactful conference. I hope like 
the policymakers take this dystopian threat into full consideration this time but you know you never know um now obviously not everything is perfect i have a few criticisms of this resp- of this report especially to do with the social side of things and i don't think i'm the only one i've read a lot of people talking about these um uh, issues and i've seen a lot of people you know actually raising these points when it comes to the ipcc reports now number 1 is the word human now obviously it's a global issue our emissions are not equally distributed so when the ipcc report talks about humans my question is which humans what part of the population contributes to these emissions because it is clear that the countries in the global south contribute less less however that is overlooked in the report so i think the term human in the report needs to be more defined you know what emissions are actually accounted for second point is i still feel that there's a lack of women of color like sorry lack of representation of women of color in the report it's really cool how there are 234 scientists working on the report however while i was going through the expert list what i found was there was still underrepresentation of women of color i was really happy to see that there's an increase in like uh, men of color um like there were scientists from pakistan and a few from kenya but i think more women need to be involved in decision making at this level because women are unfortunately imp- impacted more than men because of climate change um my third point and i think this is a really big point is indigenous voices and marginalized voices why have they not been included i know the report does talk about how indigenous values and voice can help with climate change mitigation and how because of climate change this lay knowledge will be lost but it does not account or acknowledge that knowledge into decision making um so for you know for this for a more holistic and co-produced approach i think indigenous knowledge should not only be recognized but but also involved in the report and i understand that you know science and lay knowledge are completely two different worlds and there are challenges associated in bringing them together but i definitely think it's possible and one of the i think one of the ideas that kind of relate to this is co-production and this is basically a term i was introduced to in science and technology studies and it kind of really fits well with the point i'm making um it's not simple but i'm going to explain it in a very simpler <laughs> term because it it in it kind of comprises of different elements um so yeah so co co-production um so the idea of co-production is basically a form of knowledge production based on the dynamic interaction between technology and society so it basically talks about how technology and society are kind of interlinked 
and it also highlights that technical experts and other groups they could come together with their different ways of viewing and analyzing the world and in that process generate knowledge and technologies so that is co-production i know it sounds like a lot of environmental jargon but um this is a very simple definition and i think that is what the ipcc needs to do because it's a very traditional knowledge uh, uh knowledge production base right now by traditional i mean it's very expert driven so to involve more actors uh will make it more kind of transparent so i think that's needed especially uh marginalized communities because they are impacted their knowledge is extremely vital and if climate change is going to take that knowledge away i think we need to use it and use it now so that we could take proper mitigation and adaptation steps yeah uh number 4 technicality of the report i realize that the report is for policy makers but i feel that more is needed to be done for the information to get across to communities that are impacted i actually read this really interesting thing about how there is a necessity for the report to be available in other languages which i 100% agree with i think there should be there could be a way where you could have one summary a short summary for you know different publics because lit- climate change is a global issue you cannot ignore the widespread aspect of the issue so we need to have the report available in different languages for people to understand um another problem is that it induces eco anxiety and eco guilt especially for younger people who you know understand that they are the ones who going who are going to live in this dystopian future so it is a very um stressful thing for the young generation right now when reading this report and you know feeling hopeless um so that is also a big problem of the report i think i don't know if that can be changed but i definitely think that if the report is made in a way where it's more related to the people then these kind of eco anxiety and eco guilt could be reduced and i also have this like you know i feel like it only induces this sort of guilt and fear in the people i don't know if the report is going to work its magic on the policy makers i think cop 26 is definitely going to be an indication of that uh because for how long will we just push for individual action when we need widespread white wow widespread action because the issue itself is widespread so yes it induces all of this guilt and fear in the public but we need you know more than that we need a proper sort of interactive or a co-produced approach to all of the scientific knowledge um i think we definitely need to see this code red as a warning for our systems i know everyone in the media is saying that this is code red for humans but again i read this extremely interesting article how this should be a warning sign for our system for our economic system for our political system for our social system and how we need to move from an unequal 
an unsustainable society to just to a just and sustainable society and i think social justice issues need to be accounted for when it comes to the climate crisis they can't be ignored social justice plays a huge role in uh, climate science and if you don't include climate justice then it the report literally just highlights our failed systems we need to bring in marginalized groups from different areas include more diversity and make it more transparent because transparency it can't be achieved by just making the report open access to the public you need to relate to the public work with them rather than scaring or overlooking them yeah those are some of my viewpoints i don't know if you guys agree with it because i think the whole idea with climate justice is a whole, is is what the report misses every time because i'm from countries like pakistan um and kenya and both of them are extremely vulnerable both of them have really less contribution to the emissions and there's a whole i like that that is where this whole you know climate justice issue emerges and if we do not include that into decision making then it would be very difficult to move ahead with proper solutions yeah but hopefully this report has some sort of impact on the policy makers um in cop26 because i feel like every time they say you know this is how much we're going to cut these are our ndcs but that is not enough we need to do so much more and we need to take it as a very holistic and co-produced approach rather than a very technical expert driven that's what i f- i feel yeah let me know what you guys think of the report obviously the main message is that it's all human but yeah let me know of your opinions your viewpoints and um on my email enfcast@gmail.com follow me on mahnoor enf leave a review share uh, and like this is me signing off the enfcast see you guys or talk to you guys next week bye